Welcome to Dig It. This is the speaker. I am here as always with my two lovely ladies, the Sharp Edge and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. How are you doing? Getting through. We're getting by. Getting through, getting through. How about you, Corey? Oh, you know, my internet went down. I've been scrambling for the last half an hour. I literally got on five minutes before we started here, so. <laughs> There's always some sort of difficulties, but we always manage to get out of show, so that's that's a bonus. On my end, you know that headband that I use to like hold my um, uh, my headset together. <laughs> yeah. For people yeah. that know, half my headset's broken, so I have to wear like this bandana thing, so it like holds it up. <laughs> I think that's like stretched beyond belief now, and it's just. Uh oh. So now <laughs> time to get a new headset. And now I'm just wearing it as a fashion accessory. I think. There you go. It's not uh, not working. <laughs> <laughs> We're so, so much... I know, right? I'm just getting through. Just in my trailer. <laughs> oh, my God, you guys. This week has just been a freaking storm. I mean. A lot dropped. I mean, craziness going on. We're going to talk about solar winds, uh, Dominion, and that is probably going to be the thing we're going to talk about the most today because that's massive news. Um, some subpoenas, a lawsuit against Zuckerberg, election lawsuit, uh, the status of elector uh, craziness going on. Corey's going to talk about uh, the bar resignation, uh, MSNBC bullshit on vaccines. Hmm. And we can also bring up social media bullshit on vaccines now. That's uh, mm -hmm. an article they dropped the other day. Um, a town in Washington state defying um, isolation. Um, I will mention a little bit about these Australian uh, tests that happened, which kind of went haywire. And we'll the vaccines, the Australian vaccines, yeah. Yeah, and what, what that kind of means, just in general, and how safe are they really, if that's mm. happened, if something like this has happened already. Mm. And I'll talk about the, the Nygaard arrest, because that that made me happy that he got arrested, but it pissed me off, considering we dropped that, that information a couple of months ago, and social media was pretty quick to try to scrub our social media. Right platforms off any information and especially a great video that edge did that we actually got a strike for so but now that's all you know confirmed with my god give us right oh and john luke brunel john luke brunel got, that's right. got arrested too so we'll have to throw oh that my gosh there. and we have the the ratcliffe deal and the assange deal and there's so much going on so so we've got a lot we're going to roll through going to be some rapid fire going on here ladies what uh where are we starting where you guys want to start wow <laughs> pick your poison <laughs> pick your poison you pick Corey. oh geez louise go why don't we just go ahead and start with the whole solar wind situation and and uh where well, we're at and... that's that's going to be the largest one so, okay well, we can start with Barr if you want, and the whole, you know, or the Ratcliffe deal. I mean, every single part of this ties together. It does. Yeah. It does tie together. So should I roll into solar winds then? Sure. Okay. All right. So on December 13th, CISA, which is our cybersecurity agency, issued an emergency directive for government and civilian agencies to take immediate action on SolarWinds products because they've been compromised. And this is a big deal because it's turning out to be the largest hack 
possibly, potentially, in U.S. history, affecting everything from U.S. Treasury, Commerce Department, the Pentagon even. So more than 425 of the top five Fortune 500 companies use SolarWinds. All top 10 U.S. telecommunications companies use them. All five branches of the U.S. military, the Pentagon, the State Department, NASA, NSA, Justice Department, even the White House are customers of SolarWinds. Who even could the Gates have the Foundation. Who could have been breached. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> this is massive, and we're still in the beginning stages of determining what has been compromised at this point. Um, CISA, who is supposed to be overseeing this type of intrusion, who was under the direction of Chris Krebs until just recently, uh, was completely asleep at the wheel on this. This malware has been out there since March, okay? And oh CISA's Chris Krebs did nothing about it. <laughs> Meanwhile, assuring America, even in a testimony under oath, on Capitol Hill this week that we had the most secure election in U.S. history, okay? <laughs> so the Pentagon on, I believe it was Tuesday, ordered an emergency shutdown of their classified internal communications network due to the hack. And according to John Basham, who is on Sean Hannity's radio sh show earlier this week, he has some intelligence and law enforcement sources, and he says that the Sunburst uh, Solar Winds computer virus has infiltrated DoD computers, including some classified and key sensitive military networks. The DoD has apparently started removing the infected systems. So this is massive, a breach yeah. of the Pentagon, okay? Um, and it's important to note that SolarWinds is actually connected to Dominion voting systems, even though the CEO of, the, of Dominion testified under oath just this week that they're not. But mm -hmm. we, we have proof that Dominion removed the SolarWinds link from their website just mm -hmm. prior to the CEO testifying and we have proof that the state of Michigan used Orion SolarWinds products during the election. So the news of the hack came just a day before the Michigan Dominion Machine Forensics report came out showing this extremely high error rate. Okay, this, this report that came out was a, a forensics report on the Dominion machines in Michigan and or some of the Dominion machines in Michigan. But it showed a 68% error rate in Antrim County. And that was designed to force the adjudication of tons of ballots. And these ballots were adjudicated with no oversight, no transparency, and no audit trail. So it looks like this is how they were doing it. But also this news uh, of the hack comes just at, at the same time as all of these Dominion voting machines in Maricopa County, Arizona, are being seized for forensic audit. So that the, the timing on this is very telling. And the lack of transparency, the appearance of, of 
not being forthcoming with the connection of solar winds and Dominion is all highly, highly suspicious. But it looks like the yeah, and it looks <laughs> like the people at the top of solar winds actually knew about this way before letting the world know about it. On November 9th, the executive VP of SolarWinds sold 57,000 shares of his stock. And the CEO on November 18th sold 533,000 shares of his stock. And then again on the next day, the 19th, sold another 166,000 shares of his stock. So, <laughs> so as I mentioned, John Basham, he was on Hannity radio show this week. Yep. And he stated that he has this law enforcement contact in Austin, Texas, who's informed him that the CEO, Kevin Thompson, has turned over his passport to federal officials and the FBI, the Texas Rangers, and U.S. Marshals were at SolarWinds headquarters in Austin conducting an investigation of that hack. And the owners of SolarWinds, um, it's also important to note, have some significant connections to Obama, the Clintons, China, oh, yeah. you name it. So yeah, there's been a lot of people doing some great work on connections. And I just, I just snagged um, one of the Quigley's thread, Dr. Quigley, a lot of people follow him on Twitter. He does great work and um, good researcher. And he, he was stating that one of the other owners of SolarWind is Silver Lake Partners and uh, that the co-founder, Glenn Hutchins, is a former advisor to Bill Clinton and currently on the board at the Obama Foundation. And he made, you know, other connections in there, too. And I've seen other people do some really good threads as well. So, I mean, this, this stuff is all intertwined and it's, yeah. it's the same people every freaking time. It is. And actually, Gateway Pundit picked up Quigley's thread and published oh, it. Cool. Yep. Yep. So shout out to Quigley for that great work nice. and making those connections. But just a couple of points to make about SolarWinds, the hack, and how it relates to this Ratcliffe ODNI report, which is now being delayed. So the news broke this week that the ODNI report that was scheduled for uh, – we assumed that it was the assessment was to be made fe uh, Friday, February, I'm sorry, Friday, December 18th. And now we're hearing that there's a delay and it seems like there's some uh, internal discrepancies among the Intel agencies and what they're reporting as far as uh, foreign interference in the election. But um, as far as the solar wind hack goes, the, early reporting on this and all the reporting has said once again it has all the harm hallmarks of a russian hack where have we heard this before <laughs> yeah right yeah russia 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 russia, russia. like, we like all, all government agencies try to hack other countries let's let's be honest here america tries to hack russia all the time they try to hack china all the time china does the same all countries do the same shit right but what we're seeing now is not um anything substantial coming from russia it's coming from china and it's coming internally right i think we have foreign and domestic actors that are involved here well, so according to Catherine Herridge, she said that Ratcliffe told CBS 
that there was foreign election interference by China, Russia, and Iran this November, um, but that they're anticipating the public report of those findings in January. Right. But what I want to know is, you know, and we talked about this a little before, the, uh, the office of the DNI put out a tweet stating, you know, the, this afternoon the DNI was notified by career intelligence officials that the intelligence community will not meet the December 18th deadline set by executive order and Congress to submit the IC's classified assessment on foreign threats to the 2020 U.S. elections. The IC has received relevant reporting since the election, and a number of agencies have not finished coordinating on the, on the product. The DNI is committed to providing this report to our customers expeditiously. So we've got career intelligence officials, and we know what that means. So I believe they've already stated this is information that's being pulled from multiple agencies. And we know there's, uh, like you were saying, Edge, with the solar winds and everything coming out this week, surely, you know, before that went public, they, they knew about this internally. Obviously, uh, if it would, you know, had gone back to as far as March. Um, but, you know, so some people are, some people think that they're stalling. Some people think that there's some agencies screwing with getting information complete. Um, some think that there's so much evidence they actually need more time to put this together. I think it's all of the above, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, so this whole idea with um, it being Russia behind the solar winds hack, well, let's, let's put it into perspective for a second here because we know from the WikiLeaks Vault 7 data that solar mm -hmm. winds is listed under CIA hacking tools, okay? Right. And that just as uh, was the case with the DNC, DNC quote-unquote hack uh, back in 2016, the CIA has the ability, we learned this through WikiLeaks Vault 7 data, the CIA actually has the ability to attribute hacks that they do to foreign countries like Russia mm -hmm. by leaving behind fingerprints of those foreign countries. So with this Ratcliffe ODNI report coming out, we have this internal fight among the intelligence community. No doubt there's still some bad actors in the intel community who are trying to feed Ratcliffe bad intel to perpetuate the Russia, Russia, Russia narrative. Right. But I think that Ratcliffe knows who the real threats are, both foreign and domestic, namely China and rogue elements of the CIA. I mean, right. think about it. Hammer, scorecard, the Frankfurt Germany facility, CIA facility, uh, Dominion, mm. manipulating elections in other countries as well as here in the U.S. The fingerprints are all over the, are the CIAs and right. they're all over this. Do you really think they're going to give Ratcliffe a report that implicates them? Hell no. Right. They're, they're stonewalling and they're going to try to, to implicate Russia again, just as they have for the last four years. Right. But the bottom line on this is that Ratcliffe needs to get this report right because hacking the Pentagon sounds a lot like an act of war to me. And whoever we attribute this action to 
it's a very, very serious accusation that's going to have very, very serious consequences, if you know what I mean. Right. I'm, I'm looking at the shares now here for SolarWinds, and it looks so dodgy. Like, it mm. just, it's like three bar plays after three bar plays. I can't ex- explain what that is, but um, it's just, it looks real funny. Uh, like, in March, they were at $12, then just three bar plays, three bar plays, just keep kept growing until last week, um, <laughs> where all the shareholders just dropped their shares, like you said. Mm-hmm. And they they dropped it for about, I think it's like, it's about $11 short before it took a fall. So they made millions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. Lots going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots going on. Holy cow. And then we had, oh, there's just so much. I, I'm still hung up. I'm still hung up on the Twitter thing. I just, I just got want to say right now, okay, anyone listening to us that's newer here, you can always find us on our websites because I have a, I have a feeling our time is short on social media. And that's, it's coreysdigs.com, C-O-R-E-Y-S-D-I-G-S.com, and hivemind.com, H1, oh boy, H1V-E-M1-N-D.com. Yeah, so what so so what so what Corey is referring to here is Forbes just dropped a uh, article yesterday I think it was saying Twitter announced today that at the beginning of 2021 they will remove tweets containing misinformation about COVID-19 vaccines. Um and that is something that we touch on all the time. It's but, not, um... and, and the and the problem is is what they deem misinformation is essentially anything going against you know, adverse uh, events. Um, so, for example, there was just one released out of Alaska. Gosh, what was it? Did you guys see that one where someone had gotten a vaccine? And yeah, and had an anaphylactic reaction. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we wouldn't be allowed to talk about that. I mean, right. this, is, this is how serious this is getting. Like, you're not allowed to say, go against their narrative. And, you know, I do, I've done a dozen reports on COVID and I still have two more articles I'm working on coming out. And I guess I'm going to have to squeak those by before 2021. But it's like, we're already having to trick out our headlines and in YouTube and not use tags and keywords. You know, it's, it's insane how we have to skirt around this in order to get information out. So, so and we're just reporting the facts. That's what's so frustrating about it. Yeah crazy about yeah. it and, i mean and yet, and yet we have to do all this dancing around everything we do like we'll be able to go into vares v-a-e-r-s.com and and observe the adverse events on um what small amounts do actually get reported and we'll be able to see some stuff but god forbid if we take that and report on it it's going you know they don't want that information out there publicly because they know most people have no no idea about that website that it even exists. So, so what what Forbes has said here is they will the ban will include information that suggests vaccines are used to intentionally cause harm or to control any populations, uh, <laughs> debunk traits about adverse impacts or effects, um, which is quite um, interesting considering the HIV thing that happened in Australia the other day. That was an adverse effect. So we can't report on that. 
Um, right. And Arenas claims that COVID-19 is not real or not serious and therefore vaccinations are not, are not necessary. So I guess they're going to have to take the CDC down, too, because the CDC will actually even admit that it's 99.95% recovery rate for most of the population. Right. So so it says here Twitter, uh, Facebook, and Instagrams, along with other social media sites, have been a source of many vaccine-related conspiracy theories, including one that Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates is using the, the pandemic to implant microchips into people and track them. Pandemic. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is so, the kind of shit that needs to be archived because time and time again, we, you know, every conspiracy ends up coming true. <laughs> every single one it's, of them. And the reason is because these people say it out of their own mouths. They tell you what they're going to do. And then we say, look, they're saying it right here. But then they go on some news corrupt, you know, legacy news media and say, well, no, we didn't say that. These people are conspiracy theorists. And then they go and they try to right. remove that shit. But we have it all archived. Like everything we've not You just tweeted it 20 minutes ago, bitch. Yeah, everything that we've uh, reported on with coronavirus, it, we, it turned out to be true. We weren't the crazy conspiracy theorists. Even right. the CDC has ba- had to backtrack on a lot of this garbage. And the same thing goes with the, the political s- side of stuff and the compromise. We, you know, we, Anybody who reported on the Bidens and on Hunter Biden's laptop, they were oh, banned. Yeah. They were taken down. They were conspiracy theorists. They yeah. lost their accounts. And now all of a sudden, the mainstream media, after the election, is decided mm-hmm. that they want to report on it and it's not a conspiracy theory anymore interesting how that works so yeah, they also said they're going to remove now we're now you can go back to now that the election's over you can go back to you know how we were hitting um like on the retweet and then it would ask if you wanted to quote the retweet so it was like extra steps in order to just get something tweeted out. Well, now they've they've gone and they've removed that, so you can just hit retweet and it'll retweet yeah. right away. Elections over now. They're, they're right, hitting, exactly. Job, jobs, jobs done. We can, yep. you know, they can go back to normal, as yeah. if that's not suspicious enough. And mm-hmm. like on 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 that topic as well, with them banning those tweets, and it's a kind of good segue into Nygaard here. Um, if if you people don't know who Peter Nygaard is. Edge did an amazing video called Is Peter Nygaard the Canadian Epstein? So he was arrested just recently um, on uh, charges of sexual abuse on women. Uh, He was detained, which was like the first time. And teenagers. And teenagers. Not not just women, yeah. Yeah, and um, so he... So, so uh, this kind of started a few months back when his offices got raided in Manhattan, and now they've actually formally charged him. But Edge did a video, like I think it was like forty minutes long or something, like just laying everything out, just just the, some of the best journalism I've ever had, and one of our mo- more popular vids on Hive Mind, and uh, we we received a strike for that. And you so. did didn't for you, targeted didn't... harassment of Nygaard. Yeah. Because he's the victim. A report on that on my site as well. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'll I'll link that. We'll we'll link all that in the video as well. But we still have that video on BitChute. So a a lot of those videos are going to be, you know, once we get striked or cut down, it's kind of the second best hosting platform we have. 
And and then who was it that was um, just uh, arrested per, in connection with Epstein? Jean-Luc Brunel. Yeah. So, I mean, and these were all just conspiracy theories, right? And now yeah. we're all being proven right. So Jean-Luc Brunel, he was uh, detained and is being held. He is the founder of MC2 Modeling Agency and an associate of Jeffrey Epstein, remember? I mean, they were doing a lot of recruiting out of that modeling agency. It was a hub for this network and this ring that they were operating. So he was arrested. He's in France. He's facing charges related to rape and sexual assault of minors, sexual harassment, and human trafficking of minors for sexual sexual exploitation but we're wow. the conspiracy theorists right wow. <laughs> yeah goodness gracious so two major arrests of some some pedos going down so that's yeah and news. i know last week or was it earlier i don't know i can't even keep up it was probably like monday of this week i was checking in on uh gislaine maxwell to see what the status was and coincidentally they her attorneys had just asked um, for bail. I want to say it was somewhere in the neighborhood of like, it was in the 20s, between 20 and $30 million, where she wanted to, you know, uh, she's married. So I believe, right? Didn't Weren't they referring yeah. to him as her husband? Mm -hmm. And that uh, she wanted to basically be on house arrest and... So that was that was like on Monday, and I, I honestly I haven't had two seconds to follow up, but I highly doubt that that was granted. And then the next thing I saw flash by is that <laughs> in some articles that she's been put in charge of like suicide watch of of making sure others don't commit suicide. I'm like, what? It, it, yeah, it read kind of like a, a Babylon B type headline, but I can't remember. Um, I can't remember what what news source was publishing that yeah so with um with it's kind of this, this kind of linked but with nygaard he's he's trying to um get a bail application as well and you can see what covid 19 is being used for now to kind of protect pedophiles as well um oh, yeah. that he's that the reason he's applying for this bail and he let's say we don't know if he's going to get it or not is because Nygaard is 79 years old and he is in the age group where he's sustainable uh, to COVID-19. So mm -hmm. therefore they should grant him back. He should be denied. He's a flight risk. Mm. He's definitely a flight risk. He's got the money. He's got a plane unless that's been seized. Um, he's shown potential to be a flight risk. Like he's not, he's no showed to, to court hearings down in, um, you know, in the uh, Bahamas or wherever. So, yeah, well, he, he is, but you're a logical, reasonable, intelligent person. Uh, most of the people in this world are not. Well, that was the reason why they wouldn't grant it to uh, Maxwell was because she was a flight risk. They deemed her as a flight risk. So hopefully, hopefully that sticks. Well, yeah, well, he's, he's got 18 women that have joined a lawsuit against him. It's not like it's like one person. Right. Is he being detained in Canada or in America? I think it's in Canada. So I'm interested to see, you know, mm. how they handle it. Interesting. And then we had the, uh, God, there's just so much to cover. We're going to be all over the place today. Yeah. The Assange call, which, which I only got to listen to four minutes of it. And then I saw what Cassandra reported on, um, on it, but project Veritas obtained, 
it was like an hour and 14 minutes. Did either of you get to listen to the whole call? No, not the whole call. Okay. Well, we'll link it for everyone, but an hour and 14 minutes of a call that back in August 26, uh, 2011, Assange had contacted uh, Hillary's State Department and spoke with uh, Cliff Johnson, who was, was a lay, uh, lawyer there, trying to warn them that they had had a rogue employee that had, had taken um, all of this documentation that was going to be released without redactions. And they were very concerned. And so it was set up as an encryption key. And then they learned, and they wanted to give the U.S. a heads up to warn any people, you know, out in the field that could be at risk if this information comes out. And then they were also offering to, um, to try to assist with this. So what Cassandra said, I'll just kind of give her a little mini summary here because I haven't had time to listen to the whole call, um, is that there were 251,000 U.S. Embassy cables that were unredacted. And these were published before WikiLeaks ever published. And they were trying to, you know, so they were calling ahead of time, like a week ahead of time. So WikiLeaks only republished the full cables on September 2nd after it was on hundreds of websites, torrent sites and Twitter and uh, Cryptome and Pirate Bay, etc. So the U.S. government knows that Cryptone and others published it first. Then, you know, Julian went to great lengths to try to prevent the uncontrolled publication of the cables by reckless third parties and asked Clinton State Department to allow him to help slow the spread. Their department did nothing to stop it uh, when they still could, at the time they still could. So WikiLeaks had spent nine months developing a careful plan to protect people at risk. The concern is clear in this audio. He was more concerned than Clinton's State Department was. So, yeah, we'll, we'll yep, leave that below, but. He was saying, he was like, I've been trying to get a hold of you guys for a day now. Nobody, you know, make right. several calls to you guys. And nobody's even bothered to call me back except for you, which is the recorded call that I listened to. Right. So the, there was no sense of urgency, it seemed, over at the Hillary's State Department. And yet uh, this was all put on Julian, right? Weren't they just really quick yeah. to blame Julian for this uh, unredacted version of this information, which Julian was really trying to mitigate um, as much as possible. Right. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. So they obviously, the State Department didn't give a rat's ass of anyone being put at risk or in jeopardy that may have been out in the field or, you know, unbelievable. Not surprised to the <laughs> State right? Department. Right. <laughs> but go, But let's go back for a minute speaker to the uh, Australia, the vaccine that they were working on for COVID-19, what happened there? Yeah, so Australia uh, has scrapped their COVID-19 vaccine, uh, well, one of their programs that produced HIV false positive results. Okay, mm -hmm. so so the thing here is once you've got, you, you, everyone's saying these vaccines are safe and tested and they're, well, they're clearly not because we have an example of it right here where they're clearly not. Uh, this, was, uh, this was a development in the University of Queensland 
which they've had to abandon now, and they've cancelled roughly seven hundred their, their seven hundred and fifty million dollar plan for a large order of locally developed coronavirus vaccines because of this situation. I mean, we've already lost a hundred million even researching this, but this is a small university in Queensland that have done this. Now there is plenty of universities around the world doing the same thing, right? Yeah, and, and so they're looking to now, they're looking outside, right? And they're, they have yeah. their eyes on like Pfizer and AstraZeneca and some of the other ones that have already been developed or? Yeah, it's exactly what they're doing. So, so I haven't scrapped the, the whole vaccine program altogether, but they're looking outside now. But this, this is just gen, generally shows you with this whole process how, how much they can mess this up and how much these things can affect you. But yet, right. people don't want to talking about it. And obviously, it didn't give you it didn't give you HIV because that's well, that's a whole separate hoax in itself. But what it did is it then caused these people to test positive as though they had HIV, which is yeah. which is quite ironic when we go back to the whole HIV AIDS debacle in the first place which I won't get into right now, but I highly recommend people check out Celia Farber. If um, you're not familiar with her, she's, she was boots on the ground years and years and years ago, you know, back in the eighties reporting on this, talked with all the scientists of that time that were being shut down by the media, including herself. And um, she's still reporting now, and, and she writes articles for Uncovered DC, and I believe Epic Times sometimes as well. So, so she's done phenomenal work on the whole HIV/AIDS thing. I mean, no, you know, I'm still working on my darn book. I only have three chapters out, but but when it comes to the tests, she's she's like the information person on this. Yeah, so like they even say here in the article, the Australian setback has shown the mishaps that can inevitably occur when scientists during the pandemic, right, rush to condense a usual process to develop vaccines. It's it they, they say it right here, like, but but this is a mainstream media outlet, so they they're allowed to say that. <laughs> so we're not. We, we're going to get shut down. But we'll get shut down in strikes when we say something that is clearly obvious. Yeah. Insane. Unreal. Unreal. All right. I need to know what's going on. I didn't get to see the hearing on the Amistad lawsuit against Zuckerberg and stuff. What is going on with that, Edge? Okay. So it was actually like a press conference that they did. Ah, and, okay. okay. So on Wednesday, a new report was released exposing the dark money from Z Mark Zuckerberg that was used to manipulate the outcome of the election and enable the fraud that occurred in key states. And this report talks about half a billion dollars dropped by Zuckerberg. All right, Phil Klein and the Amistad Project are the ones that are producing this report. It's been released this week. Phil Klein lays out how Zuckerberg's money paid election judges, purchased ballot drop boxes, paid local officials who boarded up the windows to the counting rooms, purchased the uh, Dominion machines and other machines, donated to corrupt secretaries of state, and so on. So this report, and they did a press conference uh, simultaneously as they released the report, kind of going through it and explaining it. 
It's really the centerpiece of a lawsuit that this group is filing this week targeting this dark money by Zuckerberg and the groups that it's associated with. So it's really interesting if you can check out the report and that um, press release that uh, Phil Klein, that presentation that Phil Klein did. It was really quite stunning. So you'll have to throw me that link so I can be sure to put it under the video. Sure. I haven't sure, had we'll do. to watch that either. Yeah. So, so then we have, we have Barr <laughs> leaving, departing December 23rd and Jeff Rosen, who's the deputy AG is moving into the AG position and Richard Donahue is moving into the deputy AG position. So thanks and, for nothing, Barr. What's that? Thanks for nothing, Barr. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. See ya, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're not sad. I'm, I'm, just, I'm so getting sick of these incompetent people in positions. I'm, it just pisses me off. I can hardly hear you. Say that again. I said I'm getting really sick of these incompetent people in these such these high-ranking positions that are useless. Yeah, yeah. Slow walking and stalling. Well, some people yeah. have this theory that bars you know, still part of the plan. And, but I, I, I need to see proof of that. You know, I, I don't want to just kind of have that hope. I'd rather just, I want results now. Yeah. I need, I need more proof of that. And it's clear that the DOJ really did nothing up prior up to the election. There's been a lot of slow walking in all of our three letter agencies uh, because of this internal war that's going on you know, to yeah. overthrow the election. So I'd never should have been able to run. So that's kind of the bottom line there for me. So <laughs> it, it, I always find it somewhat comical though, how Trump words, everything. <laughs> he's a, he always says everything in the, in the kindest way when people are resigning or he's firing them. So he, uh, he is, he essentially said, just had a very nice meeting with attorney general Barr at the white house. Our relationship has been a very good one. He has done an outstanding job. As per letter, Bill will be leaving just before Christmas to spend the holidays with his family. Uh, Deputy Attorney General, General uh, Jeff Rosen, an outstanding person, will become acting Attorney General. Highly respected Richard Donahue will be taking over the duties of Deputy Attorney General. Thank you to all. So then there's a letter. I won't read the letter, but uh, from uh, Barr where he, he does express concern over potential election fraud and everything in it. But so it's, it's a little bit of an interesting read just to see, which I honestly rather feel he's not the one who drafted this up, but just, just to go over a couple things. Um, I haven't had a great deal of time to look into these two uh, Rosen and Donahue. Um, but I know some stuff's been flying around on social media and I know they are both Republicans. Um, Rosen had written an essay recently on foreign influence in U S elections, stating that foreign actors are covertly trying to undermine confidence in our elections. He talked about malign foreign influence, pressure tactics on influential people, hacking and disclosing private emails or phone messages and coercive covert and corrupt activities. So he had replaced Rosenstein back in May, 2019. 
And prior to that, he was the Deputy Secretary of Transportation since May 2017. Now, he worked... Um, he worked for George W. Bush in 2003 to 2006 as general counsel for the Department of Transportation, and then up through 2009 moved over to general counsel and senior policy advisor for the Office of Management and Budget. Uh, he also had been, you know, prior to all this and kind of in between this, was a senior partner at the law firm Kirkland and Ellis. And I know that that rings bells with me and I can't, I just can't place it all right now. So I don't know if either of you, if that pops anything for either of you. Uh, yeah, it caught me off guard there. I'll have to, it sounds familiar, but I can't, I can't uh, make the connection right off the bat. Yeah. So, so then now Donahue, this one, he, this one's more interesting. So he, he was, um, he was brought on by Jeff Sessions back in January 2008. Um, he was the interim United States Attorney for the Eastern, Eastern District of New York, who was appointed by Sessions in 2018. He successfully prosecuted Keith Rainier and Nixium. He has a lot of experience with prosecuting MS-13 men, gang members, terrorists, and corrupt public officials. Now, he was a paratrooper in the 82nd Airborne Division, which is the same division that General Flynn was in. Um, Imagine I that. I don't know that their time frame overlapped. I suspect not, but um, I didn't have time to really dig into that. Uh, but, you know... We have, and, and, and I don't have a date on this, so we do have this Facebook drop by 82nd Airborne Division where they said a storm is coming. And then later on, there was the 1st Brigade Combat Team of the 82nd Airborne Division saying final preparations today for devil storm. And then the storm is upon us. Watch it unfold this week. So that's something that was, you know, went viral on social media which, you know, may or may not mean anything, but to many it does. Uh, it's pretty so, interesting. Yeah, some interesting little tie-ins there. And then you have, you know, not, not to give anyone false hope or anything, but then you have General Flynn out there saying on a scale of 1 to 10, I believe it's a 10 that Donald Trump will be our president again. So, so you know, it's it, it's wild. It's so wild watching this, isn't it? I mean, you can you see all these plays going on, and and part of you has this, of course, vast amount of hope that this is all going to pull through, and you can see the plays, and you can see how it how it could, but then you see the counter moves, and you know how freaking devious these people are, and how deep they have their freaking claws, and and then when corrupt this system is man. Yep. yeah it's like they want us on the edge of our seat until january 20th <laughs> Dude, it's like we're sitting here on death row waiting to see if we're going to be hung or not it's insane it is it really is it's so that, that's an interesting little shakeup. so bar's last day is december 23rd i don't know that we're going to see a whole lot coming out of him between now and then um, and then Durham, 
I don't, I don't know much details on this other than the fact that they reports came out saying that Durham was adding prosecutors to his special counsel's office. So how about giving us a report? Slow walking. Yeah. We're going to get it last January, then spring, then summer. No, after the election. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, that's the kind of stuff that makes us sit back and go, yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of hard to trust you when you keep doing that. Yep. So you guys want to hear about the Dominion audits that are expected to take place? Yeah, I also want to know the update on um, the election lawsuits and what's going down with all of those. I, I kind of got, it's like Monday. Monday was just like the storm on steroids. I mean, so much dropped. And then the rest of the week, it's been come, you know, a little bit slower. But so I tried to squeak in one article there and was working on part four, but I just, I can't keep up with it all. So I'm like, mm, I know Edge is going to follow this stuff. So I'll just leave this stuff out and I'll follow this stuff over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the two key things that I followed uh, this week in regards to the election stuff is this uh, new development um, out of Arizona. So, <clears throat> and the electors. I didn't really uh, focus much on the uh, pending lawsuits, which there are many, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so I'll go over those two things, though. But um, so there was a Judiciary Committee hearing in Arizona on the 14th, and in Arizona, and they saw sufficient evidence of fraud, enough so to where they said we're issuing subpoenas on these machines, and we want a full forensic audit. And so now they've done that. They've issued the subpoenas. The Board of Supervisors supervisors, uh, must respond to the audit orders by December 18th, Friday, when this podcast airs. This is Maricopa County. So the Maricopa County Audit of Dominion Machines is massive. Uh, It's the Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona, which is a major city it's one of the you know top 10 cities in the country okay and so it's like 200 times larger than that report we saw come out of michigan okay and they expect to find the exact same thing in the source code as they found in say antrim county where that forensic audit took place and that report dropped this week uh, in Antrim County that found 68% error rate. That's insane. Like you expect like 1% yeah. or 0.5% error right. rate. They had a 68% error rate in Antrim County, which sent massive amounts of ballots to adjudication. And what that does is it allows uh, for uh, for uh, ballots to be approved without transparency, without oversight, without any audit trail. And so uh, what that that forensic yeah, audit, sorry, go ahead. 68% insane. It's insane. And so this is like the trickery that they were doing with the machines that we suspect is probably systemic. But since we only had like that small 
uh, forensic analysis out of Michigan, now we're going to have a much, much larger scale forensic analysis out of Arizona coming down the pipe real soon. So nice. interested to see where that goes and what we find out. I know that it's been a while. So, I mean, people are worried, like, what have they done to the machines in the meantime? I don't know. Let's just right. wait and see what happens. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the so, other the other story is the electors uh, this week, and so this week was the electoral college vote. Everybody kind of witnessed what happened there, <laughs> that whole debacle. So, including um, Michigan blocking them from coming in. I mean, yeah. God, these people are so blatant. They're yeah. just brazen and just. They don't, they don't even, they don't even care anymore. They don't care who sees what, just as long as they maintain control. Mm-hmm. They act like Kings and Queens, not right? like, ele- not like elected officials. So uh, they voted the mainstream media, of course, announced Biden as president elect and they're just all celebrating. It's so wonderful, but they failed to recognize that seven states, seven yeah. states have dueling electors and yeah. that basically just means that the electors for both parties voted right. in seven key states. So that's Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Georgia. And so these dueling electors are obviously enough to swing the vote for either candidate. So we're still not even sure at this point. <laughs> Uh, the, the election is still completely up in the air. And um, we're not even sure exactly how the, things are going to play out on January 6th when the House and Senate are scheduled to meet. But there's a lot that's going to unfold between now and then. Um, and people are just speculating at this point. One scenario that could happen, and I'm not saying this is what is going to happen, but it, everyone just can speculate at this point. We don't really know exactly how January 6th is going to go. Right. But one scenario is that Pence, who is the president of the Senate, could order to throw out both sets of electors in those states that sent two sets of electors, in which case neither Trump or Biden will reach the 270 threshold. And then it goes to that contingent election scenario, which we've talked about in the past, where each state is given one vote. And since there are more states with Republican majorities, this option would obviously favor Trump. So uh, it's like they want us just hanging at the edge of our seats in the meantime, but. It's a little nerve wracking. It is. The truth is the fight's not over. Nobody's conceding. So we're still in it. This is still a fight. We just need to keep going forward. Right. Right. And if shit hits the fan and things don't go the way we want, then we have a whole other fight on our hands. But in the meantime, this is the fight right now. Yep. So there's a few other things I just want to mention before we close this out. There's, uh, and I don't even have my notes pulled up because I, my internet went down and I ran out of time, but there's a town and I don't remember the name of the town now, uh, small town. I believe it's about 800 people in Washington state that are defying Inslee 
And so the mayor was involved with this and they, uh, they came to a like resolution where they're not going to shut things down. And so I just, you know, you see things like this and I, I wish more towns across the country would do this, start doing this type of stuff. Um, you know, mayors have a certain level of, of power there. Certainly people in numbers do and the protesting and the, the staying on top of your mayors and on a local level, the mayors, the sheriffs, you know, the, your, uh, city council members, all of them stay, stay on top of these people and, and fight for this because I'm telling you there, these people are just, they are, uh, these lockdowns and restrictions are not slowing down anytime soon. As you've all seen, they would like us to just cancel all holidays and all travel and just hide in a cave. So it's really important. And there was this awesome video that went viral of a man. I think he was in Costco in California and he had a megaphone and he was standing up on top of one of the displays telling everyone that they have to stop this. They have to stop, you know, listening to Newsom because this is just going to get worse and worse. And the employees were telling him that he had to get down and he was ignoring them. And I'm like, you know what? We need about 75 of this guy in every town that are going around circulating into the public, into, you know, stores and whatnot and calling this out and waking people up. And, you know, like there was someone in the store that walked over to him and gave him a high five, you know? Yeah. I loved that video. Yeah. It's, it's really important that people get some balls. Well, you know, if one person has the courage to do it and speaker, you've spoken about this too, that psychological study that was done where it's not the first person who stands up that's mm-hmm. the most important. It's actually the second person no, because when sure. people see that, so talk about that speaker. Yeah, so th- there, were, there was an, event, uh, an experiment done. And it, you, you see, it's not really an experiment, but it became an experiment. There is like a person sitting down at, uh, I think it was a music festival, I'm trying to remember now. And one guy just like, jumps up, starts losing his shit and just really enjoying the music when there was like another 300 people just sitting down doing nothing. And then the, then another guy came and joined him. And then when, when people started to see that second guy, it kind of, you know, gave them uh, courage that, okay, it's more than one person doing it. And there's more people doing it. So, and then after like 10 minutes, like everyone on the hill is dancing. <laughs> That's what so, we need. It's that is what we need. Because it, it builds on each other. The more people that start standing up, the more socially acceptable it becomes. And then it's like people have the courage, you know, and and they can't arrest everybody. They can't cite and ticket everybody, you know. Dude, I'm telling you, people need to start putting bullet point signs in their windows, on their vehicles, or on magnets on their outside of their vehicles with, like, facts and and points and messages and drafting up like flyers. So when they go into places and people say, don't wear a mask, because like this just happened to me the other day, I went into an auto supply store and uh, it's funny. I walk into an office supply store. There's eight people working in there. Not one person says something to me because I don't wear a mask, but everyone, everyone in my state does. So then I go into an auto supply place and this guy's, I walk up 
and they were holding apart for me and I walk up and the guy reaches out to hand me a mask and I'm like, no, I, I can't wear a mask. Well, then I'm going to need you to go stand over there by the door. And I just look at him and I'm like, really? Cause you have a part here for me that I need to buy. And he's like, well, it's not me. I'm just taking orders. And I'm like, God damn it. I'm going to make a shirt that just says, yes, it's you. Because I'm tired of people <laughs> using that as a freaking excuse, right. you know? Um, so, you know, and they also need to pass this, this law making businesses not liable for, because that would, that would take the heat off of some of this as well. That would give them the balls to say, well, if you don't want to wear a mask, don't want to wear a mask. If, you know, if you end up getting it, you can't sue me anyways, type thing. So, so these are all just, but, but like, for example, in that instance, I wish I had had a flyer on me. Cause when he said that, Oh, well, if it's not you and it's them, then that means you're not cool with this. So here, here's some information for you, you know, and with, with some yeah. websites on there and just some, some key points, um, something just to, to start shaking stuff up with people. And some of these businesses, what they could do, or what I've thought about doing if I were in this, this situation is just put a sign on my, my, the front of my business that says, no, I, I'm not a business. I'm, I'm a peaceful protest. Right. There's a, this is a peaceful protest. Anybody that's coming in is peacefully protesting and whatever money I receive for in exchange for products and services is actually just donations <laughs> to the cause of this peaceful protest. Yeah. Right. Because peaceful protests are allowed now. Right? right. Because all your people have been out in the streets, you know, peacefully protesting. So yeah, it's a peaceful and protest riots. now. It's not riots a business. Allowed too. But this yeah. isn't, this isn't, they are not going to ease up on this. They have already made it quite clear that they plan on rolling this out through 2022. Look, they started out with, we just want to do four week lockdown. Then, oh, now we want you to do four weeks of masks. Well, maybe you should wear masks longer. Well, we just want to flatten the curve. Well, okay, now we flatten the curve. Well, you know, we think we might have a second wave coming. So everyone just keep your masks on it. By the way, wash and sterilize every goddamn thing in your house. And when you pull groceries out of the bags and your countertops, because it's highly contagious. Oh, wait, no, sorry. It's not. It's not contagious. We were so wrong. And the asymptomatic people, which is 90% of all people that test positive, they're the super spreaders. Oh, wait, no, they're not the super spreaders because 27 studies show that less than 1% of asymptomatic people in their household don't get anyone else sick. And the ones that do have symptoms only get up to 18% of other people sick in their house. It's freaking insane. And so now you've got the vaccine rolling out. And well, you know, we just need a vaccine. Once we get the vaccine, then we can get back to normal. Well, now don't think you can get back to normal yet because you got to get the first shot and then you got to get the second shot. And we still don't know. I mean, we just had on MSNBC. We still don't know that you're going to be this, you're going to be okay. You know, we don't know. These are new vaccines. So we don't know if you could still be contagious and like seeding people's minds with this crap. And what does the news reporter do whose name I can't remember? Well, right, because we know that the asymptomatic ones are the super spreaders. I'm like, no, I'm just so done with oh, the lies. Corey. And the Corey, you're spreading how, conspiracy theories now. No, we're going to get banned off Twitter and YouTube. How, 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 how is that for a rant? <laughs> Sorry. I could keep, <laughs> keep going. I'm just so done with these people. They will, con they will continue this no matter what they are going to continue with. Look, they have a 2030 agenda. These people are not backing down. 
Even if Trump gets in, they are not backing down. It is up to the people to fight this. Do not think someone's going to come in and save you and rescue you and put an end to this. People need to defy this now or it's going to continue to escalate. Well, yeah, and the speaker and I spoke about this a little bit in our latest podcast that we dropped this week on Chinese spies or CCP spies is that what we've learned through this whole process and coronavirus is part of this because where did, you know, where did the virus come from? And how did that affect how we had to do all of the mail-in ballots? So it's not, it's all, it all connects. But um, what we talked about is just that um, we, we've learned through this process that we can't depend on our three-letter agencies. We can't depend on most of our legislatures. We can't depend on our governors or our secretaries of state. And we can't even depend on the judicial system uh, to do the right thing. It's really up to we, the people. We need to stop thinking in terms of somebody is going to step in and do something for us when we have the power all along. So yep. that's it. And we're paying their damn salaries. We're paying their damn paychecks and uh, all, th- you know, so that they can destroy our businesses. People need to stop paying taxes. Sorry, but there it is. I said it. They need to stop paying taxes because we are literally feeding the beast right now and they are destroying people's businesses and their jobs and their livelihoods and a mental and emotional state. You name it. They don't give a crap. And now they're talking about some sit. What is it? A $600 stimulus. Oh, oh gee, thanks. Like that's going to help. You're going to give us back $600 out of, out of the thousands of taxes that, you make us pay every year illegally to your global mafia for your trillion dollar money grab on this bullshit hoax. The ones who are uh, the the legislatures, the lawmakers and the enforcers who are making sure that these businesses uh, are not able to open up their doors are not losing their paychecks. So it's real easy for them to say that. And uh, yeah, I, I get it. It's it's taxation without representation, especially when we have elections stolen from us. So, and you know what I just realized real quick before we close this out is next week we normally record on Thursdays. That's going to be Christmas Eve, and Friday when we normally release is going to be Christmas. So we still have to figure out our schedule on how we're going to be doing that. But I just want to mention real quick, I did a tweet the other day. We don't really have time to go through these, but you can you can go to my Twitter feed and check it out. Um, people had some fantastic ideas on this. I retweeted a bunch of them. Um, the elderly, you know, I mean, we're all suffering right now. Everyone is, you know, this is just what they've done this year. What they've created is just insane. But the elderly, you know, from parents, grandparents, those in nursing homes, um, they're really depressed. You know, I mean, this is like the latter days of their lives. This is hard stuff. And especially the nursing homes and then the families that can't see their elders in the nursing homes or God forbid, if someone passes away and then they're limiting, you know, the funeral services. And so it's really important right now. Holidays are often rough for people. And this year, they're certainly going to be rougher to you know, go to your elderly neighbor, neighbor, invite them over for dinner or bake them something or, you know, come up with some little plan. Some people are doing little gift baskets for nursing homes or sending flowers or videos or cards that kids are making or, 
Christmas caroling, there's all kinds of ideas, but it's really important, especially this year, because um, a lot of people are, are suffering and they need that, that, that personal connection, you know, because they've tried so hard this year to remove that from our lives. They have. Well said and good point. And great way to close it out, I think, guys. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us here today on Dig It with a speaker, myself, The Sharp Edge, and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Please be sure to share this podcast. We're on Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube. We'll see you back next time right here on Dig It. Thank you.